Hello and welcome to another episode and uh, edition of the Drawing Room Express. This is Zabe. Uh, hope you guys are doing well. Um, this particular topic that I wanted to uh, discuss today um, uh, it has been a long time coming, at least for me, because um, there's another side of of my my personality that I haven't really um, you know dwelled into too much on this podcast, um, and that is my affinity and and um, my my liking towards uh, poetry. And although predominantly it's Urdu poetry, uh, but I've dabbled myself with just English poetry as well. And, you know, I find that really interesting. I find wordplay of any kind really interesting, hence why um, I really enjoy using puns because it's just wordplay. Um, so um, wanted to talk about that, but then there's so many facets to it. It's just, it, it, it appears to me as an outside looking in person, very closely guarded skill set like you know the um poets if you like they they like to hang out with one another and they're very close uh knitted group and you know there's obviously some politics between them as well as you know as it would be amongst any human being but the idea is that you know they um uh they're not really inclusive per se i mean at least my my um interactions or my uh, associations with uh, poets has been you know given me that impression so uh wanted to do this one but i really needed someone who can help me uh talk through this maybe you know as a poet them, uh, himself or uh is aspiring to be one or you know uh uh writes really well so i mean uh, that really gave me an opportunity to to um look around the community so the guest that i have for today's episode um is an aspiring poet he's just started his instagram page um um and he he writes really well albeit um uh on the religious side but word words are words right it, it all it's all meant to communicate his uh feelings at the time so without any further ado i have mr Sarosh jaffe Sarosh. hey how are you doing say bye um, good man how are you doing me. yeah yeah no fantastic problem. So I just wanted to make a couple of corrections. One, I've been a poet for a while. Um, okay. Uh, inspiring in the sense that I have just started going more mainstream. Right. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Instagram. And but uh, <laughs> you know, I've poetry's been a part of me at least since I was like 13, 14 years old, when in my English class, I learned uh, that I could write and did not have to find follow any grammatical rules. That's that's okay. interesting. That that's something I really wanted to talk to you about, and we'll get to that. But I wanted to get your 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 journey first, right? So you're um sure. um you're a um remind me your 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 background is computer science, right? Uh, economics. 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 Okay, cool. Uh, All right. Yeah. So much closer to to what my background is to uh, mm-hmm. I.E. accounting. But um, mm-hmm. so you're an accounting back. Oh, sorry, uh, economics background uh, person uh, who has probably spent a huge chunk of his life in the u.s right so you mm-hmm. haven't really had poetic surroundings per se as you would if you were living let's say in karachi right uh, because i've lived exactly. most of my life in karachi we used to go to uh you know mushairas all the time you know mm-hmm. especially in during this month of rajab and shaban you know there's a lot of gatherings that are held there are very inspirational because i used to attend them late into the nights and i really admired people uh, staying up late to just listen to some really nice 
poetry and it's it it really is artistic in 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 that sense so mm-hmm. not really surrounded by that here per se um your background as such you said is is not really close to literature or and, and all of that stuff how did you find yourself here in the first place so and why poetry why not just like speaking you know speech and all of that stuff so it's it's an interesting journey it's um like i said it started in you know my 8th grade class english class uh we had this you know assignment where our teacher was like okay you can do poetry we're going to learn about poetry and i'm like okay what is poetry up till that point my concept of poetry being from uh, originally from pakistan and from the indian subcontinent was Iqbal and Ghalib and Rabindranath Tagore right. and you know these these like as you mentioned these almost ivory league or ivory tower uh, giant literary giants who look down at the townspeople and commentate on them right but then and, and the thing was um, being someone who was born in Pakistan I was eight when I moved here and for a really long time English was not my strongest suit in fact I hated English okay. that was the worst subject I had and obviously a lot of that had to do with the fact that i was literally learning a new, brand new language mm-hmm. and learning and anyone who is not a native english speaker knows english is a very confusing language yeah yeah so all of a sudden like i have this you know break from you know having to write these structured you know prose uh, as they say or like essays and stuff and where i can literally write two words and that could be considered a poem and the other part i guess like poetry in a way was in me uh, like the germ was there because my mom's uncle is the late great zafar jafri who was involved in radio pakistan in islamabad oh nice so he was one, yeah 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 i The thing is I really didn't know about it either. Uh, my mom would have uh, would used to mention it but you know as a kid I was like okay I don't know what radio pakistan is right. Right right right. But, so you know he was obviously a literary giant of his time and you know my father always like he had he loved reading and he was a subject matter expert like an armchair expert on almost every subject. And I think uh, and my brothers say this and everybody in my family says this I've basically inherited that germ of his and to me poetry initially obviously my poetry wasn't good it was terrible but it gave me a way of expressing my thoughts and it it was a challenge in a way where I was not restricted but I was restricted mm-hmm. where I had to say something without actually openly saying it and Initially I was obviously like I'm really into hip hop and I'm really you know and if you look at hip hop and especially like if you look at old school hip hop it's a lot of uh rhythm uh, rhythm and a lot of poetic uh mastery that's right. going on there especially if you look at like the old stuff of Tupac uh, or you know other like Nas but mm-hmm. also the thing was although I didn't go to mushairas I was really into poetry like at you know saba and at uh, at the time azahana zaka like right. especially on the justins we would have like poets and we would have poetry sessions and it was really interesting how the word on the play on word would happen and um the thing that really got me into it was i would listen to these poets and i was like i was really fascinated by what they were doing and you know 
I'm also a Naha reciter. So for that, you know, like, especially when I started reciting, like, Right. or like those are po- poetically they're very in-depth right so they it, yeah. it gave me an appreciation for the art and Absolutely, yeah and the, the the beauty of uh, poetry what i try to do at least is try i try to infuse you know western style hip-hop with like the the shiety of like pakistani poets like even like the works of Fez and uh, iqbal and ghalib where it's very um tongue-in-cheek uh-huh. and you know I, I really enjoyed that and you know I guess that's a universal thing with like performance arts where a lot of uh, hip-hop obviously it's a performance piece and a lot of uh, like the works of Fez and other greats like him they turn into ghazals or you know mankabats which themselves are performance pieces right so which uh, which gives you a really interesting you know look and how to play with that so I guess that that's where uh, my journey started, but I think the uh, what I would say was the actual um, maturity of my poetry came uh, in my senior year, uh, in my twelfth grade in the senior year of a high school. Um, I took a poetry class. Uh, I was able to take a poetry class instead of an English class because to me that was you know I had been writing poetry for about a couple of years, uh, like three four years at that point. And I was like, okay, this is an easy A class because all I'm going to be doing is writing different forms of poetry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the senior year, uh, like the senior paper, we had to research on a poet. And I decided to go after Iqbal. And that uh, led me down to a very interesting place where I was fascinated by what Iqbal was able to do and how it wasn't just you know, lovey-dovey poetry that we hear, like roses are red, violets right. are blue. Yeah. It was revolutionary poetry. And it was thought-provoking poetry, which, you know, it wasn't just for entertainment, but it was actually an institution of learning. And that that's what inspired me around that same time. I was really into Walt Whitman. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, taking these different poets from different parts of the world it really, you know, got me, you know, started on my, my journey where I am today. Nice, nice. So um, what comes to mind is, is uh, obviously the fact that you've mentioned a couple of times that, you know, that when your poetry started to become a little more mature, um, mm-hmm. what was that? Like, how do you, how do you differentiate between the two of like immature poetry or poet, like, is it just going back in time and looking at what you wrote way back when and saying, oh, that maybe that wasn't that good? Because at the time, obviously, you liked it, right? Mm-hmm. So is it is it always like an evolutionary process where whatever you're writing right now, maybe a few years down the line, you read back and you say, oh, maybe it wasn't that good. Now I'm better than this and I'm evolved more. What do you think? So def- Yeah, no, that's definitely a part of it. Uh, obviously, the more a practice makes perfect, right? Right. The more you... Uh, practice anything you become better at it but the other thing for me was I think once I had graduated high school and I got into college that's when I really started to realize you know my poetic potential and I and even then like I would write but a lot of my poetry I would not share and then uh, in 2014 I moved to Texas and I had, uh, this was uh, in 15, uh, 2015, it was around uh, 
13th of Rajab, I had uh, posted uh, the this piece that I've actually posted, like one of my latest pieces that I posted uh, on my uh, poetry page on my uh, Facebook. And a bunch of people gave a positive reaction to it, uh, including- Was that the one that the, you wrote on a page and it has like, like flowers? That no, like that? no, 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 not that one. There's the new one. It's actually- uh, the one, if you go on my uh, Instagram page, it's the one with the Raza of Imam Ali. Oh, and it's okay, written yeah, in yeah. English. Yeah. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, and it was uh, my ode to Imam Ali. And, you know, that actually caught a lot of people's eyes. And that made me realize that poetry was a, a gift for me that I, it wasn't just about poetry. And, you know, up till that point, you know, I would like uh, using an Urdu term, mm. like a lot of times you would hear, uh, you hear the shayad say, I'm not going to, re- I'll just recite this now, but this is not going to be a part of my poem because it's I never understood that. But once I had written that piece, I understood what it meant, you know, like, meaning like this is not to the standard. Mm. And then you, uh, it's, I'll, uh, it's about how much thought you put into a poem that each line, like for instance, when I'm writing a poem, I basically have a general outline of where I want a poem to go, but it's about, you know, like you write a, a, a line or two, and then you, you, you do have to take a break because you have to mentally think about, okay, I want this concept to be put in, excuse me, or infused, but how do I encapsulate that without making it forced? Mm-hmm. And it's, I think that's when I, you know, you know, that once I mastered that and the fact that I was willing to go back and edit and revise my poetry, that's, I think, when I became a true poet. Because like with any good uh, uh, piece of art or any good piece of, you know, any, anything that you create, the for, uh, you have different marks, right? You have mark one, mark two, mark three, draft one, draft two, draft three. And it's about going through the drafts and going through the motions. And like the first, obviously the first draft is always, you know, let me put the thoughts down on the paper. And then it's about going back and seeing what's working and what's not. So, I mean, how many, how many drafts do you have in mind when you're writing something? When do you feel like, okay, I'm in a good spot. This is, this is working well, or this is at a mature place in terms of what, I'm, what, what I want to say? It, it depends. Honestly, it depends on the piece. I mean, I've had pieces where, you know, the one draft was more than plenty. Then there are pieces that, you know, I, I'm still editing and I've been editing for years because, you know, it, it's perfect at that time. But then I come back and, you know, I'm at a different state or a different mindset. And I'm like, no, this is not going to actually work. Right. Let me, or, you know, you're reading something. And at the time when you're writing and you're like, oh, this is a great concept. And then later you're like, no, this seems a little too forced. Or maybe I didn't say enough. And I'm you know, trying to better uh, encapsulate that. Mm-hmm. So one thing to me, it's uh, until you have published your piece, it's going to be edited. It's, it's going to continue to be edited. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. When poets are performing their piece, that may not be the actual poem that they have written. They're actually like changing it on the spot? 
yes, I've done that. Like for instance, if I'm saying something and I'm rhythmically saying something and something else is flowing with it, I'd rather say that than to hesitate and mess up. Right, 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 right. And and that actually a, a, a key point on that is if you look at Nahas, there are certain Nahas, they will sound virtually the same, but they'll have, you know, one or two words switched around. Right. Or they'll have, and that's because depending on the reciter, they may have to improvise. Oh yeah. I've done that plenty of times, especially when I feel like that the word is a little difficult to really flow while, you know, especially Nohas there, you know, you only have a microsecond to say those words out. You can't really muck about, I mean, when you're reciting, let's say a salam or anything like that, you can, you know, slow it down. The pace is yours. You can do whatever you want. But with the Noha, there's a, there's a certain rhythm that you have to uh, maintain. There's a beat going on the background and it's by a bunch of people who (laughs) will let you know shortly when you're off beat. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. And you'll know itself. And then my problem is that when, whenever that offbeat thing happens, I am in a very dangerous spot to really uh, lose my head and, and start laughing. And that is not the, exactly. that is not the place exactly. you want to be. Right. Especially in that time. Um, no, I, I've, I've, I've had, right. You're right. Exactly. Especially and that's, when, when, yeah, go exactly, ahead. When especially, especially, I actually have a, a funny story. Uh, 10th of Moharam, this was in Austin. Uh, there was, there's an uncle there who he's very passionate. Right. And, you know, he starts doing Nare and stuff. And I was reciting Amir Lashkari Hussain. And as you know, Amir Lashkari Hussain yeah. is one of those Nahas where the Matam is in the chorus, not exactly. in the. Not in the. And, yeah. yeah. The and verses, I yeah. said, yeah. And I had said, you know, the verse, So when I was saying that, uh, this uncle got very passionate. And he let out an Ali Mala and then Yali Madad. And, you know, and it's dead silent. And I literally had to walk away from the mic for a good, like, two seconds. Really? And compose my sense. Because I was going to burst out laughing. And it was the time of Muharram. And I was doing, I was, and they had tasked me with reciting the Naha. Because at that center, we have, like, only three Nahas, which is in English, Parsi, Urdu. Right. And oh, I was yeah, reciting yeah. the Urdu Naha. Uh-huh. And Urdu Naha is the one which was going to have all the Matam. Exactly. So, and that's a beautiful Naha, by the way, that one. That it is, has it the is. most beautiful words. It almost borderlines a salam. If, if any. I mean, you can, it, it kind, of, kind of works both ways. You can recite it on the 4th of Shaban as well as yes, on the 8th of Muharram. Indeed. It kind of work, yeah. it's, it's one of the greatest odes to Hadrat Abbas. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It, Hands down. And it's, it, and it's a powerful Naha. In fact, uh, one of my wishes is one day to go to Makkal Mukarrama and recite that Naha from top of the Kaaba. Oh, mashallah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And ode to the man himself who recited that yes. amazing um, yes. sermon on the top of the Kaaba, of course. Yes. Um, yes. So, yeah, it, it's interesting, right, with the, with the mm-hmm. poetry. Uh, well, mm-hmm. One thing that I was wondering about, um, about uh, you know, poetic maturity and and um, the rules that are associated with it. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on the grammar. I mean, something that you discussed uh, earlier in the podcast, mm-hmm. and I was wondering that, okay, I mm-hmm. wanted to have a, a deeper dive on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so help me understand the the use of grammar. I understand why you know, grammar is in place, because my, my biggest pet 
pet peeve growing up when I was learning the language, be it Urdu mm. or English, you know, you'd have your Urdu grammar lessons and, you know, English grammar mm. lessons. Mm-hmm. And I was losing my head because I would be in positions where I thought I could speak the language, mm-hmm. but I would have people who cannot speak the language correct my grammar. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, dude, you can't even, you can't even talk. I mean, what are you, what are you trying exactly. to do? So, so my, my, my uh, pet peeve has always been like the use of grammar and are, uh, are almost like being at a point of being a grammar Nazi, right? You know what a grammar mm-hmm. Nazi is? Right? Exactly. Exactly. So, so uh, is grammar meant to control the, the, the expression of the language where the language itself is there to communicate your thoughts to the other person. That's the, per, that's the whole use of the language. Mm-hmm. You feel like grammar is somewhat of a party pooper in that, in that situation. To me, grammar is, and especially Urdu grammar, right? Yeah. It's, and it, like, we can even, uh, you know, have a whole discussion on Urdu and how it's the language of the court. Right. 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 And, right. you know, and then you have the British English and, you know, the thing is, unfortunately, grammar is a gatekeeper. Okay. That's what it is. It's a gatekeeper. It's there to uh, distinguish the have-nots from the, the elites of society. The haves, the, the elites of the society. And honestly, that is one of my critique of poetry and my critique of uh, literary uh, writing is that if you look at it, these are all ivory tower scholars. These are academics, even, you know, ulema, right? And Zakarin, if you look at them, like... It's a big boys club. Uh, yes, it, it's, it's not, I wouldn't even say it's a big boys club. It's a, it's a elite country club, like Karachi yeah. Club. Okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. Karachi Club, and, uh, you know, you go there and you feel that either you are in the center of all authority when it comes to language, or you feel like you're completely out of place. There's no one, no one in between. And yeah, exactly. And the thing that I do with my poetry, and you know, I've had a lot of criticism from some of my friends that I do use big words. Uh, that that's my thing, and but my reasoning for that is I want my readers to go and look up those words um, because it's a way, a way of educating people. So you're and telling me it's, it's not to show off those big words. No, it's not to show off. No, no, no. It's, you know, if you don't know a word, you should look it up. I, I am, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent in, you know, reading and learning and uh, in the, Picking in up the, the concept. Of, exactly. And what Mawla Ali says, keep learning from the cradle to the grave. Right. And, you know, to me, uh, when you're the what I try to do with my poetry is I try to democratize it. Okay. I, even though uh, like my poetry, uh, you've read some of my works and, yeah. you know, a lot of people that I, you know, you mentioned that, you know, poets tend to stick together. Most of my friends are not poets. Majority of my friends would not understand Mir from uh, Khalib. Okay. Right. They, that's to them. they uh, they don't even know what the word tahallus would be. Yeah. Although I do have some, you know, friends that are, you know, like I want to give a shout out to my good friend, 
Muhammad Hassan Naqwi uh, from uh, the Bay Area, from Daribatul, right. who actually, he, and he is one of my biggest critics when it comes to using big words, but he also comes from a family of literary poet masters. Like his, uh, both of his uncles are, his mamus are poets. Uh, his cousin, uh, 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 Brother Amr Shavar is also a poet. And, you know, his grandfather, uh, his nana was also a poet. So he comes and he, so I can take his criticism, but, you know, to me, I don't want poetry to be locked up in an ivory tower where it's not accessible to people. And that's and, what I feel like grammar kind of acts as that, mm-hmm. right? It's like... Uh, it does, it does. You, you're absolutely right. It's a doorkeeper, right? So you, you enter mm-hmm. it and you have to say the secret code and the password and the password is do exactly. what I say, right? So exactly. um, you, feel like, you feel like that really loses the purpose because my understanding, it's kind of like um, a Cash-22 uh, right mm-hmm. because language is meant to communicate feelings your thoughts mm-hmm. you know uh, in whatever manner you want right day one we mm-hmm. didn't have grammar there has to be a day mm-hmm. where there was no grammar mm-hmm. in any language exactly right? exactly built grammar at the time i'm assuming just to uh organize the language itself but mm-hmm. as time went on i mean we don't speak the same urdu or english that was spoken in the 18th century right 100 couple exactly of- we, we don't we, so we, we're not probably using the same words we're not using the same mm-hmm. way of delivering a, a, a stanza right but the exactly. point is the big point is that at the time you were able to communicate your thoughts well mm-hmm. Shakespeare did it you know people understood him at the time mm-hmm. and as you mentioned of poets of our time or people of our time who write they're mm-hmm. doing it using whatever language is accessible or understandable right now so exactly. why why do we have to like adhere by the rules of the 18th century i mean who's to say that was perfect versus what is now so you don't know what, what, what i mean i mean i just want to exactly. why, why is there so much of a like people get worked up when mm-hmm. um especially poets they get worked up if you don't use the right word or mm-hmm. dude i'm just trying to communicate something do exactly. you not understand what i'm saying exactly the the problem is more to do with ego thank you the issue is ego thank you and uh the, the concept of I I am a gatekeeper. Like grammar is a gatekeeper. And then poets are the gatekeepers of grammar itself. Right. And the thing is, it's, you know, like for instance, if you are an expert, like for instance, you're an expert in accounting, right? And you see some kid coming up and who wants to, you know, who's trying to get into accounting. Although you may, you may help him with the accounting, but you're still going to have this whole, you know, like there's some secrets that you have learned, some yeah. tricks that you're you're not gonna want to pass on just yet. Yeah, uh, yeah. and you're, you want to size that kid up if that they're worthy. Likewise, I think a lot of poets they get lost in that where they it, it is a you know poetry as they say is a language of the soul. And the beauty about poetry is any language you go into in the world. Uh, from dead languages to the modern languages that have just been around like maybe a couple centuries, each and every one of them have a poetic artistic aspect to them. Yep. And when you hear poetry, you don't even have to be in, like you don't even have to understand the language, but you know it's poetry. I'll give you an example. And I know uh, this is gonna go counter to what we as Muslims believe, but if you listen to the Quran. Right. Yes, Allah says it's not poetry, but if you were to do a secular a secular dissection of the Quran, it's a very poetically written doctrine. 
And you can tell that apart from, you know, if you ever go to any of the Arabic speaking uh, majlises, because you can tell when they're reciting the Quran versus when they're just speaking. Right, right. And, you know, and for the Arabs, by the way, um, one little tidbit for your listeners. Poetry was an art form. Uh, and it was anyone, uh, like, you had to be a great poet. Like, uh, they used to uh, call it was people a privilege. who could not. Yeah. It was a privilege. And if you were not able to do poetry, you were called mute. He couldn't this speak. person yeah. can, yeah. he cannot speak. If you cannot do poetry, because and this is why the, that's the beauty of the Quran, right? Like yeah. it came, and to be honest, like the great thing about poetry, because there is no structure, you it's almost an elite task mm-hmm. to be able to take language and articulate what you want to articulate without you know following the grammatical rules. It's almost like you know like when you look at like a race car driver, right? They know the basics of driving, but you know, they're not following the rules. Like exactly. it's doing it so, so uh, with such finesse that it's seamless. And it's, it's uh, and that's, that's the thing with poetry. And it's, it, it is an art form and it takes years of mastery. But the thing is anyone can do it if they're willing to put in the time. Like. As as I mentioned, but, my back. Yeah. Yeah. As long but, as time time is the only uh, barrier to entry, I'm I'm happy with it. My only concern, mm-hmm. as I mentioned, is not it's not the time part. It's just as you said, you know, democratization of the poetic art itself mm-hmm. needs to happen mm-hmm. because why do we why do we only have let's say in our community we only have a handful mm-hmm. of people who can recite poetry or write poetry mm-hmm. right handful mm-hmm. that shouldn't be the case right. It shouldn't. Especially, especially when there are far more people who are reciting Nohas and Salams, like myself. I mm-hmm. recite, I don't, but I don't, I don't recite my work because I don't write my work, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But if mm-hmm. I'm int- already halfway there, that I'm reciting something, and I appreciate the poetry, that's why I'm reciting it, right? Because I'm not reciting mm-hmm. anything I read. I recite, mm-hmm. oh yeah, this sounds really good. There's some good words in there, and I'll be mm-hmm. able to better communicate this. So I definitely have the taste of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's stopping me, I would think, is or people like me from from making that extra trip and start writing your own stuff is the fact that, you know, the barrier to entry is not the time you put in the barrier to entry. Hey, the rules, these are the rules, Dems the rules. So you got to follow these rules. Exactly. Otherwise, you're mute, as you said. Right. Exactly. So uh, is there uh, do you feel like you're challenging that with a not just writing, but then B, you're you're using a different language to what? conventional poets in our community use which is english right exactly. so exactly. um do you feel like you're challenging that normally pushing the envelope a little bit and say hey you know what just back off you do your thing and let me do mine mm-hmm. <clears throat> definitely and you know that's the thing with me and you know a lot of my friends who do do poetry because all my friends that i uh, that i really associate with as far as poets they're all english poets uh, that's good yeah and the reason for that is like I said, poetry is the language of the soul, and it's a reflection of society where it is at that point. Mm-hmm. So you cannot take the work of, for instance, Mir Anis or like Mir Taqimir or Dabir and say that is what we are poetically today. No, we're far from it. 
we are far from it. I mean, today's, uh, you know, poetry, like, uh, and, you know, using, uh, I would say, uh, Urdu uh, religious poetry, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I mentioned Miranese, and Miranese is probably the greatest Urdu poet of all time, in my opinion. The beauty is probably I, might disagree, but yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. There, you know, there's a you know there's a exactly. divide, right? There's a there's a, like course. a passionate group of people who go for like mm-hmm. we're Anisians and the Virians. Like there's a it's a it's, it's a thing. Yes. yes, exactly. But like Miranis and uh, the Virians, they are absolutely basically yeah. the pillars over the boat. Yes. Oh yeah. However, as a as someone growing up in the 21st century, the works of Dr. Rehan Azmi were more, you know, reflective of what I understand. Digestible. I would say. Yes, digestible. Because, for instance, if you look at even the works of Malana Hassan Amdad, uh, which, uh, and, uh, you know, the late uh, Zamir Akhtar Sahab, yeah. their poetry was what Sachay Bhai was reciting. It's, well, wasn't, and wasn't he writing as well? Sajabai? He was. He, yeah, he wrote as well. And he was one of the rare poet reciters. Mm-hmm. Because he mastered that art. And he, like, and he, I read some of his work, and I was mm-hmm. so surprised when it said, you know, written by such a guy. And I was like, wow, this this is like a legitimate exactly. poet writing. And the guy, exactly. to and, think that the guy was just a reciter and also wrote really, really well. Exactly. And honestly, unfortunately, this is a lost art. There was a time when poetry was taught. There was a time when, you know, reciters knew how to recite and be able to write and you know I, I honestly personally believe that if you are reciting you should be writing something it doesn't have to be in Urdu it can be in English and but it, you have to write something because you're not gonna you may appreciate it as a reciter as a listener of the poet of the po- uh, poem but you will not be able to fully understand Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll give you an example. I, I have written uh, a piece that um, I uh, shared with one of my friends. Like people who are not poets, they were like, yeah, this is good. But then people who are poets and when what they understood it, uh, for instance, I wrote uh, you know, a piece a while back called The Light of Creation uh, about a few, uh, a few months ago during Ayame Fatima. And, you know, most people, they heard it, they were like, oh, this is really good, including my wife. She's not really into poetry. She really liked the poem, but she didn't appreciate it that way. But then when I showed it to my cousin, Sean Joffrey, who is also a poet, he himself was like able to point out that, oh, you are talking about Ayat-e-Tatir being Nazir. Right. Because, you know, and you don't get that until the very end. But if you're listening to the poem, I'm talking about you know, Bibi Fatima and her relationship in the divine court and how in the end, how Allah is, you know, I think the line, and let me just quickly cite that, uh, the last piece of that line, if, yeah, I, if I may. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I think we lost her radio. Yeah, one second. Uh, I'm using my phone. So oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no problem. No yes. problem. So, like, where I go, uh, Indeed, uh, uh, for um, while your oppressors and murderers shall perish, indeed, in internal damnation, for you are Fatima, the divine light, it, in its complete formation, 
You are not in need of exhibiting your lineage or relations, yet even the Lord Almighty introduces his prophet through your association. Yep. And that's, it's... That's Hadith Kisa, right? Yes. Hadith Kisa right there. And, you know, to be able... It's, it's a very subtle piece. It's a very subtle nod to Hadith Kisa. And it's like, because that's the other thing I try to do in my poetry is I take these very complex concepts and I try to bring them in and, uh, you know, subtly pass by. Like, I just want to do a touch and go yeah. where those who get it, get it. And those who don't, you know, at least they still get a good, you know, exactly. poetic. For, for, I could understand for someone who wouldn't get it, will probably think it as a poetic uh exactly poetic words to say how great she mm-hmm. is right that exactly oh, people were introduced because of you <clears throat> but exactly. while actually that is you know that is the, the the fact of the matter right so so that's beautiful exactly that's beautiful. exactly um exactly. one thing i wanted to ask you before i move into mm-hmm. um you know a very important thing that i wanted your thoughts on why why english and not urdu to be honest with you um because Urdu has way too many guards. Oh, Urdu okay. poetry is way too structured. So that's um, what I'm. So that's what I was referring to, right? Because it, it's just exactly someone like you who's interested, obviously, someone who like you who mm-hmm. wants to do it, was mm-hmm. discouraged because of the the ego, as you mentioned, uh, of the, the people. ego, and you know, uh, I mean, judgments I of when, these people. Yeah, and I, I have been personally a a victim of that in a in a way where I had written something. Uh, not going to mention the name. Yeah, and I had brought it to the attention of someone who was an Urdu poet. I'm not going to mention their names. I recited uh, for them, uh, and they just smiled at me. Not an encouraging smile, but like almost like a mocking smile. Oh, and just walked away like I was not worth their time. And then without without I, saying anything, they walked away? Yeah. And what? Someone else, yeah, and someone else... Was this person? Was this person in the community? In our community? Is he? Is he here? Uh, yes, uh, and that's why I don't want to say their name. Okay. And, and then someone else who was also there with me who saw that they actually came and you know they broke it down for me what I had done wrong, <laughs> and and they were like, "Look, you're not following, you know, like the Urdu poetry structure." And, you know, there's like words like matta and makta and, you know, there's like different, like each misra has like the sani and all that. And like, yeah. I, I didn't care about all that because that's not what you do in English poetry. And to me, that was the, the issue with that was this, this person, by the way, they're a good poet, but I wouldn't say they're Miranese. Okay? They're not, you know, I mean, they they may consider themselves. If I if know, I know who this if if I know if I guess correctly, you, you this know, person, if I guess the, who the, the person the, is, then I know uh, that they probably think they're mean mean Yes, yes, uh, you know who it is. Yeah, okay. Let's put it this way. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. He, he, I don't know why and, I, I knew as uh, the moment you mentioned it, I thought I, I thought I knew who it was. <laughs> yeah, it, it it is that person. I'm not gonna. Okay. And, and to be honest with you, if you look at. Them, they're actually a case study on this, the way they carry themselves. That, that is the profile of an Urdu poet. Yep, yep. Of you know, I am somebody. I can recite. I can write. Tum kuch and you know what the funny and, thing is? Funny thing is about mm-hmm. that attitude, is that mm-hmm. 
you you at one you know point you believe that you you have this prowess you have this mm-hmm. amazing art to recite mm-hmm. urdu poetry and you're so good at mm-hmm. it um mm-hmm. and that might be the case but 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 at the same time uh you you consider people who can't recite or not reciting as someone like a uh, b grade people but at exactly. the end of the day you are reciting it for them for them mm-hmm. to actually appreciate you because you're not keeping this exactly. in your heart you're coming in to the centers or whatever right you're 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 reciting that poetry for these peasants mm-hmm. to the, the lay person the laity yes exactly to get their appreciation while you don't consider them even worthy to be to be at the same level as you are which is which is kind of ironic right you're you're trying to get appreciation validation from people who you don't even like exactly. I, i guess right? exactly exactly and that's you know at least in my religious poetry that that was something that i so one thing about poets poets do have egos i have an ego okay and some of my pieces i've written yeah that's pieces. why it was so hard to get you on this man <laughs> <laughs> definitely yeah no but uh, but the thing is poets do have egos and i and like you know i'll give you a great example of of you know aziz miyakawal and the sabri brother right uh they if you listen to if you know much about their about qawali a lot of their poems uh, or a lot of their qawalis like for instance uh masharabi by uh, yeah yeah, yeah. by sabri brothers yeah. and they are talking about things but at the same time if you know the internal feud that's going on they're dissing each other <laughs> and they're literally it's, it's, a it's a battle. against it's a kavali it is, it is and just exactly and the thing is in hip-hop that's like a rap battle yeah. and you know like one of the biggest you know rap feuds of all time was you know biggie and tupac and they both died because of it but or like you know Nas and Jay-Z and but so poets do have the ego right but it's not about not having an ego it's more about when you see to me if i see some kid or someone younger than me or even someone older than me that is interested in the poetic arts right to give them a word of encouragement even if their uh, their first piece is trash be like yes it's not as good as it could be but and, let's and trust work me, on they, it together i'm pretty sure they know when they're writing of their course. first piece they 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 know it's not the best piece so you drilling it down in their head and saying that hey bro you got to improve it that's not what they're what they're listening to they're what that's not what they're trying to hear from you mm-hmm. what they're trying exactly. to hear from you is that hey am i am i on the right path that's what they want to mm-hmm. hear from you and that's all you can do to say that exactly. hey keep exactly. continuing keep working you're good at it you're going to get better that's all they want to hear exactly. you don't want to you don't have to say that oh you're anis now and that's it your first poem yeah. is anis level yeah. of course not yeah and even anis <laughs> wasn't anis on his first poem yeah mir taqi mir wasn't mir taqi mir when he first wrote his uh, works so wasn't I mean, ghalib's first work about like a bakri ka bachcha i i'm not sure but i wouldn't be surprised no ghalib he was very entertaining I, do read it i think i think i don't quote me on this but i think i remember reading that particular mm-hmm. his first poetic work was about uh, mm-hmm. when when he wrote as a kid was about mm-hmm. bakri ka bachcha so so you see that's the level and, and, exactly and to be uh, and to be honest with you the poet's language is urdu okay that that is without a doubt i i am willing to fight anyone for it and 
I can back it up by the fact that the greatest poet, uh, one of the greatest poets of the 19th, uh, 19th, late 19th, early 20th century himself admits to this, Allama Iqbal. He has Urdu poetry, but he wrote mostly in Farsi. And the reason for that was he, he found it more accessible to be, express himself. Because uh, Urdu, okay. Urdu really d- does take a toll on, you know, how to perform Urdu and is, how to articulate. Urdu is difficult for sure because there's, <clears throat> like you said, there's, uh, the the canvas is so broad and wide mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. for you to really, like, there's so much to play with. Farsi, exactly. I thought, I, I always thought Farsi was sometimes considered superior to Urdu because of the fact that it was more accessible. But mm-hmm. in terms of like poetry, I 100% agree with you that you can probably be a successful Farsi poet and not really mm-hmm. attract so much criticism or like, mm-hmm. uh, not criticism, but like um, inspection for off your work. Um, mm-hmm. But if you were an Urdu poet, you know, you're, you're, you're basically asking your to, uh, yourself to be you know, murdered by these, these. Uh, exactly. Um, you are officially in the, exactly. You are officially, if you can be, if you have the ijazat to do Urdu poetry, then you are some part Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It is, yeah, as much as we hate that, it is something that mm-hmm. both of us, I would think, that mm-hmm. would want to be in a place where, but again, mm-hmm. my, my only beef with that yeah. is that, hey, dude, I mean, come on, let's just be human no, about I, it. Let's exactly, I not, agree. Yeah. Yeah, and ahead. I think one of the, uh, the, the issue with this attitude of Urdu poetry and being gatekeepers is it is being detrimental to Urdu poetry. It's doing oh, yes. injustice to Urdu poetry. Exactly. Urdu poetry is amazing, but you're not getting the next generation of Urdu poets because anyone who has even a slight inkling, unless they're able to produce a, you know, a Nazam at the level of Fez mm-hmm. or at the level of, you know, uh, but like, again, what uh, is that level? Why do we even put that on a pedestal? Yes, they were great the, the, poets, exactly, but they, exactly, you can't really but, have that standard uh, because they did what they did. Now you do what you do. I mean, the only exactly. only thing I would take inspiration from these great, you know, giants is mm-hmm. is how beautifully they express themselves without going into the 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 legalities of how they use words here and there. No, it's mm-hmm. just beauty. I mean, I read Fez and. I'm just mesmerized by so beautifully he he puts the words t- t- together, right? Exactly, exactly. Mir Mir was the one who said that, you know, whenever I start, whenever I tr- start to write, the words just come to me as if they were by slaves and they were like, use me the way you want to use me. I, I think, I don't know, it was Mir Taki or exactly. it was, but exactly. poets usually have that. So it's p- about putting the words beautifully in a manner that really attracts people like myself, who's not a poet, or people Definitely. who are not even into literature, they'd be amazed and feel like, oh, wow, this sounds beautiful. Exactly. And I, I 100% agree. And the and that, I think, is the problem is where this is where I believe we need to democratize poetry. Yeah. And many of, you know, the poets, even from Pakistan and India that are coming, if you look at it, they're not producing works in Urdu or in Hindi. They're producing it in English. I'll give you uh, a great example of that. Ruby Kaur. Mm, Ruby Kaur is a, a Canadian Indian poet, poetess, and her works in, is in English. And the reason for that, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, is that 
we have made this such an elite, as you said, big boys club that uh, we don't let anyone who was interested be able to grow. And, you know, uh, for that's why, like, the thing is, what I have uh, in my poetry, what I've at least tried to do is, yes, I can't do Urdu poetry, but I can be inspired by Urdu poets and take that, pa- that raw passion that they have mm-hmm. and, you know, infuse that into English poetry. And that's why my poetry is very different from a, a lot of other English poets that you'll uh, come across. Absolutely. Uh, are there like uh, English uh, um, poetry mushairas or anything like that? So they do have poetry slams. They do have uh, open mics um, and they're more impromptu, but we're, we're working on getting more, um, you know. How does, what's the English version of saying like Vava in, a, in, in English poetry is like, wow, and well done, mate. And well, oh, people snap. will start clapping, oh, snap, <laughs> snapping their fingers. And, oh, really? Like, you know, actually do that? Yeah, yeah yeah i don't know that i was just joking <laughs> yeah 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 if you if you are feeling a poem you're going to start cla- uh, snapping or you know once the guy is finished you're going to get a standing ovation wow okay and, yeah. okay what about like uh like in urdu poetry i know there's like vava and subhanallah like how do so, you how do you how do you motivate the poet when they're reciting in the middle of it like how they're when they're in the middle of it well it depends on the poet so for instance i have some poetry where i do tabar- <laughs> and uh, and uh, I remember uh, 2018 uh, in Texas, we had uh, uh, Camp Al uh, Faraj, yeah. which is an annual camp, kind of like how we have Camp Noor here in Bay Area. Right. But uh, over there, all all the, you know, from Houston, Dallas, Austin, San Antonio, everybody comes together, you know, with the ulama. And I was sitting there and I recited my piece. And it's funny because the Maulanas that were sitting in front of me, they are very... Um, I wouldn't say anti-Tabarra, but they, they push the Wahdat al-Muslimin narrative. <laughs> and so it was... You know, By the way, was, anyone who's listening, Tabarra means disassociation before you yes. start to lose your shit. Yes. And you, yeah. yes, exactly. Exactly. So I went and I said, like, you know, like the last line of the poem, and it's about being a Rafida, as That's one of the things we're called as the Rafidis or the Rafid. One of the titles we means, proudly wear. Yeah, yes. Yes. Which is given to us we're called rejectors, which yeah. is because we reject certain individuals and personalities in Islamic history right. due to their disassociation with the Ahl al-Bayt. Yeah, yeah. So my last line of that poem is, I put my hand in, uh, I put my hand on his hand on the day of Khadir. Thus I reject anyone who rejects my Amir. And like there were like probably like two, three hundred people, uh, like at least 150 to 200 people in that room. And way in the back, there were some guys, they started doing not a head Oh, nice. Because, nice. yeah. And, the, you know, and to be honest, as, as you know, even in like, you know, as a reciter, the, if you're sitting there and there's any South Asians there, the biggest as Oz you can get, yeah. the biggest reward is if not a head And, yeah. you know, to me, and, you know, going back to, you know, looking at the audience of my poem, especially when I do like my religious poetry, my audience uh, for a long time, at least last, I would say five, six years, has been not even the people sitting in front of me. And it's the Ahlulbayt. And to me, it's, uh, you know, and, yeah, and I, I'm a strong believer of the Quranic ayat, what the 
is zamanta shao what the zamanta yeah and that you know exactly that they are like it's allah who gives you izzat and he's the one who gives you zillat and i'm not doing my poetry for anyone else i'm doing it for imam ali for rasulullah and for these 14 amazing and wonderful personalities Kiting and for lights. those who are yeah. exactly and if they're satisfied then i'm satisfied and if they're not satisfied then it doesn't matter you know you can give me a million dollars and the uh, crowd chanting your name from the rooftops exactly. that's not going to be enough exactly. yeah Exactly. Um, and yeah, that actually, if if I may bring up a, a slight point on that, is yeah, that is the beauty of you know of Urdu poetry. The zenith of Urdu poetry, obviously, would be like Marcia, right? And you know Nahakani and uh, you know Mankabatani, and every poet they want ego, right? They want to be recognized, and the beauty of this is. you know you're being recognized when someone else is chanting molali's name yeah and that to me that's such a beautiful uh you know concept that i know that i have made it when someone else's name is being chanted in my presence absolutely like nobody's going uh, like for instance my pen name is ibn amar no one's doing not ibn amar or not yeah, yeah, yeah. sarosh they're doing yeah. not hadari right 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 Absolutely, that is that is that is quite beautiful. That is quite beautiful. Um, again, really, really appreciate your time in this one. This was a fantastic discussion, and I couldn't have asked for um, a better way to have this discussion. Especially the last uh, 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 couplets that you recite. If I I would you know request you to recite them because I really love that uh, what what you just said. And on that note, we're we're going to end this this episode. But before we do that, uh, I want to give a huge shout out to your Instagram page. We'll be which we'll be putting in. in the description of this episode uh guys do check this guy out it's fantastic phenomenal uh, in english you know not many poets out there right now who are who are, who are trying to keep this art form alive especially with the with the you know a youthful uh, exuberance that you know uh that this art was initially meant for right so um really happy that you're doing the the work uh keep it up uh don't worry about the gatekeepers don't worry about the uncles in the communities do what you feel like is right do as you as you say uh give your service to the people that you give your uh your words to and not worry about people who are going to you know uh forget you when you're not here so uh really appreciate your time uh and with that I'll pass the mic to you to close the episode with those couple uh um, words that you just decided they were really beautiful Definitely. And uh, thank you, Zaybai, for having me. And I hope, uh, you know, to continue. Yeah, and, you absolutely. Know, uh, this, this conversation, it's a never-ending conversation. But, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, and I appreciate uh, uh, your time and your viewers' times. So and, you know, I hope they have learned something. And uh, one thing that I wish, do wish to pass on, that if you're interested in poetry, just go for it. Mm-hmm. The worst that's going to happen is that it's going to be a crappy piece the first time. But that's how you're going to grow. it only gets better uh, from there that, yeah it does and especially if you're going to religious poetry remember you're not writing it for the people you're writing it for the other that yeah. and with that um as per your request i gave my hand in his hand on the day of ghadir thus i rejected anyone who rejected my amir subhanallah allah muhammad wa ali muhammad
Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. Thank you so much again for your time. Uh, we'll be we'll be in touch. I would love to have you uh, uh, to have more of these discussions. I'm a huge literary, uh, you know, fan and almost like a geek as well at times. So I'm really happy that someone in the community who shares that passion, albeit in a much more advanced level, uh, as far as you are concerned. So again, appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.